Good morning. My name is Chris. I'm one of the pastors here at Horizon, and it's great to have you in worship with us. Uh, today we'll be, uh, we'll be reading from uh, Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 6. And so the words uh, will be on the screen behind me. I'll be using the Bible app. Um, if you're a, a Bible app user, uh, you can click and, and find us, our service today, here on events. And so this is uh, words that um, John wrote as he's in, in exile, and he wrote it to, to seven churches. We, if you've uh, been around church or you know anything about the Bible, you probably have heard that Revelation is, can be a crazy book. I think every person that's predicted the end of the world um, has used Revelation, but at the, at the core of what Revelation is, it's got some, some imagery, but at the core of what it really is, it's a, it's a, it's a book um, to seven churches, seven churches that, that are struggling in persecution, and so John wrote these words of a vision he had of God giving people power in the, in the face of persecution, a power in the face and hope and a breakthrough. And so these are the words that, that, he, that John recorded. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Good morning. I'm Erica Allen. I'm one of the pastors here at Horizon. I am I just want to start this morning by saying thank you for being here this morning. I know there are a million other places you can be on a Sunday morning, and I am so glad that you are here to fuel up, to shine light, and ignite change in the world. So thank you for taking time to be here and to be together this morning. We're starting our third message in a series about breakthroughs. So a breakthrough is this sudden, dramatic moment that propels you into growth. You become someone different, someone more connected with your meaning and your purpose in life. And we're looking at the way, how, the way that God uses those breakthrough moments to move us forward in life. The last three weeks, well, the last two weeks, um, we've looked at two stories in the Bible. This week, we're going to look at the third, these verses from Revelation that came to John as a, as a vision of what the world could and would be at some point in time. So we're, we're looking at the way that God uses these breakthrough moments to propel people into shining light and igniting change and what they might offer to us as some of us walk through a breakthrough moment some of us sit here this morning um, after walking through a breakthrough moment so what is your breakthrough moment taught you what has God taught you in those moments um, for those of us who are waiting for a breakthrough this is especially what this morning's message is about how we wait hopefully for what it is God will do um, to help us break through the limits and the pain and the grief or whatever it is that you bring with you this morning that God needs to break 
breakthrough to move you to be the person that God wants you to be. And the third thing that, that we've looked at over the last three weeks is, is what are the building blocks that God uses to get us to those moments of breakthrough? So the first week we looked at Joseph who had these moments, this moment of prayer. He had depended on himself and his schemes to get ahead in life. And there comes to be a point where that doesn't work anymore. And he, he had this wrestling with God. God doesn't let us go in our breakthrough moment. God hangs with us until we experience that breakthrough. And it often comes in desperate prayer, recognizing how much we need and depend on God to move us forward in life. Last week, we looked at the story of the Good Samaritan, a lawyer, a guy who was looking for a little bit, probably looking for a little deeper meaning and purpose in his life, asked Jesus, like, how do I inherit these things that mean something eternally? Like, what, what, what are you trying to teach me here? And Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your strength and all your soul and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And we talked about how God moves us through our breakthrough moments by revealing passion to us, where we stopped dead in our tracks. And we've been like, wow, I have a great deal of passion around this area in my life. God does that in us and through us as we walk through a breakthrough moment. And this morning we're going to talk about this powerful hope. What does it look like when you've been sitting in that seat week after week after week longing and waiting for a breakthrough? How do we wait for God to break through some of the circumstances that we bring with us this morning? And so this third building block that we're going to talk about this morning is hope. Um, how do we wait for God's breakthrough? And and. This morning we're going to look specifically, Chris talked a little bit about John, who's on the Isle of Patmos in, um, in exile, and, and he, he's experiencing this persecution, this sort of failure, and so we're going to look at the ways that God doesn't necessarily always change our circumstances, but God changes our heart and our mind and our perspective as we hope for what it is that God describes will be. Anybody looked around this week and said, I... I hope this world, I hope this isn't all there is. Anybody thought that this morning, this is for you. God gives us a hope for the way things will be, and we have a special role, a special, a special job to play in that. I thought I could start this morning by sharing sort of my own breakthrough moment that I have had in my life, because as I've looked at these, I remembered that, that people were vulnerable enough to share their own breakthrough moments and they, they've, these stories have stayed alive with us for thousands and thousands of years because they resonate with us. We recognize that we bring grief and pain with us. We bring burdens and hardships with us in life. And we recognize that only through God and God's power can we break through those. And we, we gain strength from recognizing how God has done those breakthrough moments in the lives of other people. So I thought I would share sort of my, a, a breakthrough moment that I had. Um, about three years ago, I was working as an associate pastor at a church in a suburb of Nashville. I liked it. I was really, really, really comfortable in the position. I had actually just failed at starting a new church, and this was sort of a position that they placed me in to to be an associate pastor, and it was, it was really comfortable. I'm not trying to brag on myself, but I was, like, good, and I didn't even have to, like, really try. Anybody been in that kind of job before where it just came, like, natural and easy to you, and you liked it? Things in my life were just really, really comfortable. Not, like, too comfortable where it was, like, uncomfortable, just really comfortable. I was becoming really comfortable in who I was and where I was. And this uh, pastor that I worked with decided that everyone on staff was going to pack into a 10-passenger van. There were eight of us. Um, and we were going to drive from Nashville to Kansas City, Kansas, 
to a leadership, a church leadership conference. Um, it was a great experience. There's a reason why you outgrow minivans after youth ministry. Um, there was not enough bubble room in there um, after like three hours. But we packed in this van. We rode to Kansas City, Kansas for this church conference. And I rem- it, they had these like big powerful sessions where a speaker spoke and there was music. And then we would have these little breakout sessions. Anybody been to a conference like this? So you have this big powerful motivational speaker. And then you break up into to smaller groups to talk about something that you're passionate about. I got an email three months before we left for this conference that said sign up for the workshops that you want to be a part of. And I ignored the email. And so two days before the conference, our church administrator said, Erica, they were being serious. Like you actually have to sign up for the workshops and there's not like a lot available. So you need to do that right now. And one of the church one of the workshops that was the only one that was available at a specific time slot was how to prepare to be a church planter. And I was like, no, thank you, God. I've already done that. Like, I'm not ever planting a church again. I just failed at that. I do not want to be in that conference. But it was literally the only workshop open at, the cer- at this certain time. So I, like, look on my phone. I realized I could get an Uber and go and enjoy like a nice snack or something and not have to go. But I'm a little bit of a rule follower and I knew my boss would want me to go to the workshop that I signed up for and that the church paid for. So I walk into this workshop full of like 15 or 20 other people. None of them were like super excited about being there either. People don't sign up to start new churches. (laughs) Um, I know why on this side of this. But um, anyway, we're like, I walk in that room kind of angry and upset that I had to be there in the first place. Like, this isn't even one of those, like, God must have a sense of humor moments. I was just mad that I had to go into this room to face some pain and some stuff that I had brought with me to that conference. And so I had, I had a plan. I had some paper, and I was going to doodle and do some doodles. I had my phone. I was going to text Chris. My other friends checked my Facebook and my Instagram. I was going to check my emails. Like, I was not paying attention in this, in this workshop. I was going to sit in the back and not pay any attention. And I remember, like, walking in, getting my phone out of my backpack, starting to play with it. And before I even knew it, I found myself listening to the person who was speaking in this small breakout session. I began, like, listening to her questions. Did I tell you all that I was really comfortable in this position? We were in the adoption process. This church that I was a part of offered free child care. Like, it, during the day, like, my kid would have free daycare. Like, I was, like, really comfortable in this position. And then this, this presenter starts asking questions like, do you really love the community where you are being a pastor. And I started to get like uncomfortable, like visibly uncomfortable in my seat. And then she started asking more questions. Do you really love the school in your community? Do you really love the place where you live? And for the first time in eight years, I began to hear God say, maybe Nashville's not home. And so I had my phone out, so I began to firestorm text Chris. Like, I was uncomfortable. So I'm like, when I get home, we're packing our bags and moving. Like, this is, (laughs) and he had like 18 of those. And he he texted me back finally. He was like, you need to calm down. (laughs) We're not moving when you get home. (laughs) Um, And, but as I kept texting him, I said, I really feel like God is asking us to do something new and different. And Chris texted me back, and he said, I feel it too. Let's start praying. Um, 
That's why we keep Chris around, because when I want to pack my bags and do the next thing, Chris is like, whoa, time to pray. Um, It's a building block to a breakthrough, Erica, remember? Um, So we're grateful for you for offering that for our church, too. Um, But as I sat in there, it just became really evident that that was not where God wanted me to be for a long time. And I walked out of that room kind of angry and upset and very, very uncomfortable. In fact, my boss was like, what happened to you in there? And I was like, I don't want to talk about it. And we walked from there into a big session with music and a, and a speaker. And I don't remember a lot about that big session except the song that the band sang, I'm no longer a slave to fear. Those things that you are scared to death about, you're not, you're not a slave to those anymore. You are a child of God. One of the lines said, I, I rescued you. <laughs> And you can now stand and sing, I'm a child of God. I walked into that small group session and even into the auditorium to experience this big conference moment feeling like convinced that I was a failure. Like that's the words that I used to talk to people about this experience. And in that moment, I began to hear, you're no longer a slave to fearing failure. You drown, God, God, in this moment, the song says, God drown your, your fear in perfect love. Like you... I have something more for you, Eric. I began to hear this. And then the speaker spoke, and I don't really remember what he said, but I remember that as we left, we were all given a permanent marker, and this church was building a new auditorium for the people that it was, like, booming, and they were building this new auditorium. And so it was under construction. There's a cement foundation pad and some walls and a half-constructed stained-glass window. And they gave us all pens, and they asked us to write our favorite verse or a favorite quote on the floor so that it would be on the foundation of this church. And without even knowing, I took this pen, this permanent marker, and honestly, on my way into there, I was like, I don't need to be writing on this church's foundation. Like, I had no part of them being here. I have no idea why. I want to do this. Like, this is not a very cool moment. I just had this awesome moment singing this song, and now I've got to write this verse on the floor. Like, I don't even know what verse I'm going to write. And I took the top off the pen, and I got down on my knees on that cement floor, and without even thinking, I wrote Revelation 21.5. I have a picture of what I wrote. I took a picture of it. I said, he who seated on the throne said, I am making all, and I wrote in capital letters, and I underlined it, all things new. And then he said, write these things down, for they are trustworthy and true. And as I'm sitting there on my knees writing these words down, I I feel tears like well up in my eyes. I feel my cheeks get hot, and I start to feel them start to drip off my chin. Because for the first time in a really long time, I began to believe these words, that God is making all things new. The family that I longed for, God was making all of those things new. A church that reached my friends with the love of Jesus and encouraged people to shine light and ignite change. God was making all things new. And I stood up and I began to see myself not as a failure, but as a child of God. And I looked up and I saw this half-constructed stained glass window. I saw this image of Jesus' arms open wide. I learned later that none of the stained glass window was supposed to be constructed before the conference because it made it dangerous for us to be in there. And this much of that stained glass window was constructed. I stood up to look at the arms of Jesus welcoming me in. And this is the moment that has stayed with me for a really long time. 
because in Atlanta, about two months ago, I was invited to another conference. It was much smaller. It didn't happen in a church building. It happened outside of a church. It was actually talking about how we can encourage and ignite people to begin to think about church differently, looking differently than being just stuck in our old buildings, what that might look like. And I saw this image of Jesus at 11 o'clock on a Sunday night as we got off the interstate. This, this window, this image of Jesus. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And this was a moment of breakthrough for me too, because I realized for the first time that a church that doesn't have a building to put a million dollar stained glass window in with the arms open like Jesus, they have to be this image in their community and in their world. And I began to see this be the image that Horizon is supposed to be for our community. God is making all things new. And the tired and the lonely and the hurting can come to these arms of Jesus to experience it. In that moment that I was on that cement floor writing out that God was going to make all things new, God didn't change all my circumstances then. I got up. I, I still wasn't a mom yet. I still didn't have a new church yet. There were all these things that I wasn't yet. But in that moment... God gave me hope that began to change my heart and my mind and my life. That's what hope, the hope of Jesus does. It doesn't change our circumstances immediately. It begins to change our heart and our mind and our body and our perspective. So that as circumstances change, we begin to see them different. This is what breakthroughs do. John, who was who was the writer of Revelation, had a, had a similar moment to me. He was a, sort of a new church starter. He was a church leader. And the church wasn't doing well 2,000 and some years ago. The government didn't really appreciate it. They were putting lots of barriers up so churches couldn't do well. Churches were getting established enough that they weren't making the, the kind of urgent and important decisions that they were making 100 years earlier. And so John is, is just absolutely exhausted, right? He's being... He's getting in trouble with the government for what he's doing. He's getting in trouble with the church for what he's writing. He's just absolutely exhausted. He's working every single day to try to make something new and different. And he gets sent off to the Isle of Patmos. This, I've got some pictures of the Isle of Patmos here. Doesn't that look, look nice? Look at there. The beach with the little pebble that's known for its um, colorful pebbles. So this is where John is in exile. They think he was in a cave, actually, probably near this area. Now they have windmills that power. Um, you can't get to this aisle without a three- or four-hour uh, ferry ride now. But this is, this is where John is sitting, and he begins to have this vision. God is giving him this vision of what the church can be, this new hopeful image of what will be. This isn't, this isn't what he's experiencing right now. Right now he's experiencing persecution and pain and grief and hardship. He's exhausted and he's in exile on this island. And I looked at these pictures this week and I was like, God, next time you give me a breakthrough vision, can it be on that beach right there? <laughs> I'm just kidding. If God gives me one... A, Another breakthrough on a cement floor that is Horizons Church building. Y'all, I might come completely undone. That will be a very good day. Um, but I'll take this too. <laughs> um, but he, he has this vision on this, this island of, of what can be this breakthrough moment of, 
of hope. Like this is what can be. Here's a vision of what will be. And I'm going to read you some of this again. In 21.1 it says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem. This city that was being persecuted and oppressed by an overruling government. This, This place that was being destroyed brick by brick by brick was being brought down from the city that they had come to know and to love. John saw a new city coming to take its place. That this, the way things were right then, was not the way it was going to be forever. And then he reads, and and look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with him. They'll be his people, and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He'll wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things will pass away. People who were in the streets crying, brokenhearted to God for the circumstances that they found themselves in, look out, like start crying out to God, where are you, where are you, where are you? And John, in a cave on the island of on the Isle of Patmos, hears God say, I am with you. My dwelling place is right there in, that ca- in, in the caves and in the pitfalls of life where you are. And, he who was, and then he said, he who was seated on the throne, he saw God say, I am making everything new. He said, write these words down, for they are trustworthy and true. A guy who'd seen the darkest of dark, the worst of worst, was told, write these words down. This is not the way it's always going to be. Write these words down, for they are trustworthy and true. This has has made me think about our own breakthroughs, right? What does this hopeful vision offer to those of us who are waiting on a breakthrough? And I think the first thing, the first question that this leads us to ask is, God, are you really making all things new? I've asked this question this week myself. God, are you really making all things new? Do you know what some of the things I've experienced or seen this week? Are you really making all things new? And I feel like in a moment God said, look, look at what I'm doing new. At the week of Easter, I, I called a friend and I was like, can you tell me about this Instagram post that you just made? And he was like, Erica, God is making all things new. My marriage is new. My body is new. I've thrown an addiction to the curb. Everything is good. God is breaking through things I never thought God could break through. And he's here almost every Sunday now. I look two weeks ago when we had four teens in this church. Two weeks ago, four teens and 15 teens showed up to to shine light and ignite change throughout Tampa. To share the love of Jesus with people who needed it. Four to 15, I am making all things new. And I watch them have a new perspective, a new idea about how God loves us and loves the world. They began to hear God's voice in new ways, calling them to do things new and different. I saw it on Wednesday or Thursday night when 20 or so of us gathered in Katie Glasser's house and we read this scripture and we talked about it and, and we shared the places where we feel like there is darkness and no hope. And we just sat with each other to hold on. I saw it this week when someone was going through a terrible time and I watched friends gather around them and share hope and love with them. They didn't say everything's going to be all right. They rolled their sleeves up and said, we are working to make all things new because we believe these words are trustworthy and true. This 
folks, this is how we walk to a breakthrough. Through hope, powerful hope. Not this, everything's going to be all right, it'll be okay. That is not the kind of hope we have if we believe in Jesus. It is this gritty hope that all things will be made new. The old things that are killing us and hurting us and causing grief and pain, those things will pass away and God is making all things new. It's a hope that rolls up our sleeves and works on the circumstances around us because our mind and our heart and our bodies know about this vision of a new Jerusalem, a new city, A new place where there's no more tears, no more pain, no more mourning. This is how we hope. It's like real. It's roll up your sleeve, real hope. It's fixing peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for folks who've lost all hope of even finding another meal. This is how we walk through a breakthrough as we begin to believe and share God's powerful, gritty hope. Hope that doesn't pretend like there's not pain or suffering. That our friends aren't going through trials and hard times. Pain that, pain that just overcomes and feels like it will have the end of the day. This hope doesn't say that, oh, that doesn't exist. This, po- this hope says it does exist and we believe in a God who wants something new and different for you and for our world. And we will sit here beside you. We will pray with you. We will help you find your passion and we will walk with you until you find it. I think these verses in Revelation calls us now, right here and right now, to ask three questions of ourselves. The first question is, are you willing to let go of the old things in your life for the new thing God is doing? Are you willing to let go of those grudges and old things in your relationship so you may experience a new kind of relationship? Are you holding on to these old things in your marriage? Are you ready for a new one? Not like a new one, like new experiences in your marriage. (laughs) Be careful. (laughs) Whoops. (laughs) But what are those old things that you're holding on to? Is it this old job where you're really comfortable and God's calling you to do something new? What are these old things that you're holding on to When God is doing something new. Hope, hope doesn't say, oh, those old things are just terrible, let's just embrace the new. Hope acknowledges those things that are are dragging us down and killing us and weighing us down. And they begin to roll up their sleeves and experience the new thing, the brand new thing that God is doing. Are you willing to let go of the old thing for God to do something new? The second question, are you willing to live like God is actually with us? Did y'all hear that? God dwells with us. When you're in the valley, do you go grabbing your phone or something else to distract you from actually having to deal with the pain and acknowledge that God is sitting right there beside you, brokenhearted and upset that you think you're a failure too? Are you willing to acknowledge that God is with us? When you talk to your husband or your children or you're at the grocery store, do do you really believe that God is with you like, like sitting there looking after you and looking with you at the world? Do you believe God is with you? Hope clings to the fact that God is with us. That when we're experiencing the hardest things of the heart, that God is right there with us, brokenhearted too, but that's not the vision God has for you or for your life. That there is something new, something different, something more hopeful. Are you willing to live like God is actually with us? Are you 
willing to sit with your friend who's going through a hard time, believing firmly that God's dwelling place is right here among us? Are you willing to live like God is actually with us? It's how God moves us forward through a breakthrough when we begin to acknowledge that God is with us. And the third question is, do you really believe the words that God is making all things new? Do you really believe those words are trustworthy and true? Nelson Mandela says, says it a little differently. May your, let's see, I've got to, may your choices reflect your hopes, not your fears. Are the things you're doing and investing in today, are they about this hopeful future that God has for us? Or are you held back by the fears? God's breakthrough moves us forward into those moments where we can begin to live into the hope God has for us and for the whole world. There's just a couple things I want to invite us to as we continue. Some of us are right in the middle of a breakthrough. Some of us can look back on the breakthrough and be thankful that we're new and different, experienced some growth since then. And some of us are waiting and longing for God to break through some circumstances that God hasn't done yet. And I just want to let you know that wherever you are this morning, that's not where God wants to leave you. God wants to move you forward to a more hopeful future. Are you willing this morning to believe that God is with you and God is making all things new? Are you really willing to believe those words are trustworthy and true? And for those of us who are maybe on a different side of a breakthrough, who found light and change and hope and grace and hopeful power here, are we willing to begin to invite people in our lives who need this kind of breakthrough? Are we willing to hope this kind of light, this kind of change for their life? And quit fearing what they might think of us because we're investing in a, in a God who makes all things new. What does it look like this week to cling to that promise that God is making all things new? And what does it look like to extend an invitation to someone who needs to hear those words? Will you pray with me? God, this morning there are some of us here who it's been a really long time since we've really believed those words that you are making all things new. And so we ask this morning for courage and grace to trust that you are a God who is making all things new. There are some of us here this morning longing, God, for a sense of your hope. And so we pray for that this morning, God. We pray that you'll give those folks who just need an extra dose of that gritty hope that you offer, God. I pray that over them and for them this morning. And for those of us who need a little extra courage to invite those beyond the walls of this place who need to experience the power of your hope that is, is known here in a special way, God, I pray you will empower us to do that this week. We love you and we thank you for a hopeful vision for our lives and for the whole world. Amen. <laughs>